We are ready to go. We are in mourning. We are in mourning. Halloween is over. It is over, <laughs> isn't it? It's it, you know, it's 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 never over when it's a lifestyle. Right. Right. <laughs> right. That is exactly true. Every day is Halloween. I know. We seem so much somber now, don't we? Yeah. It's November. Well, you know, like we were talking about, it was like a celebration of the whole month. It is. It's even before that for me. I yeah, go, you know, we right. talk like we talked about. It. It's right after Labor Day. Let's go. Yeah. You know, now we're full of tryptophan and eating our turkey and it's just yeah. it's November time. Now we're now we're horror fans who were seeking um things to like base horror stuff around. Yeah. Like, you know, Thanksgiving coming up. We'll have to find Yeah, we have to start looking at our Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving themes. Yeah. <laughs> Scary movie too. They have and a that, turkey. That's right. Oh, that is a disgusting, <laughs> hilarious scene. scene. Chris Elliott. He's so great. Yeah. Um I think that I'm becoming more and more bitter towards Christmas music as I grow older. Sure. Because it's creeping up on us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just started calling it Christian rock. <laughs> <laughs> like even the classics. Yeah. Jingle bells and all of those. They're just Christian yeah, at rock, least yeah. with um at least with Halloween, we have a ton of Halloween music. We do. But with Christmas, there are maybe like 10 songs and there are thousands of variations on of them. Of the same. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You know? That is a many? really good point. There's then, like, yeah, I'll give you that. Like yeah. 25, 25 Christmas songs yeah. that every pop artist will try and render right. differently. If you, if you were like a, a pop artist or just a musical artist, you're putting on a, a Christmas album. And, and, and I, you know, there are some bands that will try to put like an original song out. Sure. But how often do those catch? Right, right. Like Mariah Carey, that's a weird, that's a very, I mean, what, when did that come out? Oh Early my. 2000s, right? Um, All I Want for Christmas is You. Late 90s. Was it late 90s? Or, yeah. yeah that I feel Christmas like it song. was a soundtrack song. I don't, I don't know the history of that, but it is one of those songs. You that, mean you don't know the soundtrack to Mariah Carey's <laughs> All I Want for Christmas is You? What kind of horror podcast is this? I know. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to research this next time. Good. Do my yeah. part. But no, tune in, <laughs> tune in next week for a Mariah Carey, <laughs> a very Mariah monster, a very <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> I thought you were going to say monster balls. A very, a very Mariah monster balls. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Good. Let's do that. We've just lost all of our followers. Yeah, we did. Everyone's just tuning out, or like we got more followers. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. It's just... Mariah Carey trending. <laughs> now, this is a wonderful segue because our topic today. Did you like how I did that? Yeah. <laughs> Is Mariah Carey? No, no, it no. is not. It is our favorite horror soundtracks yes. slash songs. Yes, yeah. and there is there is a, an abundant of them. Yeah, and we're not talking like Monster Mash. No, no, which is not. a great song in its own right. It is. It still holds up. Some people yeah. hate it, but I hate them. So whatever. <laughs> they deserve to be mm-hmm. hated. We're going to discuss, you know, the the. The ambiance, mostly, of film soundtracks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think one that we can throw out here right at the top to start things off is John Carpenter's Halloween. Absolutely. It that, is definitely on my list, top yeah. of my list. Yeah, because... And not that these are ranked, but, I mean, it is... It, it is just iconic. Yeah. It is still terrifying. It is sim- it, the simplicity yeah. and the horror that is associated with those noises. Mm-hmm are for forever right i don't know if it will ever be a part in human history now where that's not associated with halloween you know true right it's just too great um and th- specifically the halloween theme mm-hmm. did you know it only took john carpenter three days to write that score it doesn't surprise me right it doesn't surprise me 
because you know when you got it, you got it, and you're like, "Yep, that's yeah, it." A lot of you know great momentum around mm-hmm. that project. Yeah, and um, the, the overall the soundtrack, um, like each song fits like a specific scene. You yeah. know, it, it works so well. And um, absolutely, yeah, no, not even just the main, the right? Main not thing, even just the main Halloween 1978 mm-hmm. and all of those. Yeah, it's great. And um, after we discuss one of these, we're going to now play some of it. Yeah, we'll give you a so little tidbit. Yeah, let's take a listen. definitely at the top of my list yeah yeah i figured i'd throw that one out there too yeah that's great that's great stuff um classic it is exactly exactly that and that is a song i will admit that pops up on my i don't want to say my spot just spotify but i listen to that several times throughout the year same same i i I like a good mood weirdly enough that i believe it is called halloween 1978 when they're walking it's here called The Boogeyman is Coming on the mm-hmm. actual soundtrack, the title of the track, The Boogeyman is Coming. Yeah. And it's just that, it's that, it's just that buildup of what the hell's going to happen now. Right. You know, and it, it just, he really, he nailed it. Nailed it. He nailed it. Nailed it, John. Um, all right. Well, since that was our, we'll say that was our together one. Yeah, that was why, our together one. Why don't you start one? us with one that maybe okay. I won't have on my list? Well, I'm going to say, uh, and this is not only one of my favorite themes to a horror film. I, I, I love the entire album, but the um, the soundtrack to The Fog. Ooh, okay. John go, Carpenter. Going with John Carpenter again. John Carpenter. let's face it, John Carpenter's sort of like the king of this. Yeah. Not yeah. only is this guy making awesome movies, he was making the music for his films. Right. And um, I think actually he, it was a collaboration though with The Fog. There's a, there's a lot of synths, mm-hmm. as I remember, mm-hmm. in that yeah. song, right? That was a very, which is popular in, yeah. this, in this genre. But we it, hear a lot of it. It did such a good job of um, kind of putting you in, into those scenes as well. Like those, the sounds within his, uh, each song was uh, was like part of like the environment that you were in. Yeah. Yes, um, definitely. Yeah. And, and um it feels very John Carpenter still, you know, mm-hmm. coming even coming off of like Halloween. But yeah, didn't receive the same um, popularity, right, if you will, right? As yeah. obviously it was, Halloween, yeah, did. it was more of a ghost story, if you will. Um, but um, let's listen to this theme song to okay. The Fog. Let's do it. Amazing. Great. Great stuff. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. All right. Let me think what I want to go with. Okay. Cause I have a couple. Okay. Um, 
And also, I realized when I was putting this list together that I'm probably going to screw up some Italian people's names. Okay, that's okay. You know, you know, and like some of them I know. So I guess I might as well pick one that I do. Hold on here. Please. Um, I would like to talk about just, the, this wasn't the first one that I wanted to talk about, but just because I am, here we go. I want to discuss Suspiria. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's being remade and it's coming out soon. Right. With Tilda Swinton. Um Goblin. Goblin. Yeah. I saw them. They came they I believe they still are coming back to Chicago. They came last year. That's so cool. And I went with um a buddy who got into them. I don't know if he why. I don't know why <laughs> yeah. he just how stumbled, stumbled how yeah. he stumbled upon Most them. likely through uh if not Suspiria's right. soundtrack. That's what I assume. Yeah. But um they were fantastic. They're great. Oh, I bet. Um they they're very fun and they're, you know, they're in their seventies. You know, the whole band is, yeah. is, uh, is not, they're not spring chickens. If you no no, no, but they're, excuse that phrase. I mean, legends. They are, they are. Um, yeah, they started in 72 and Dario Argento, who directed Suspiria, um, I, I assume must've, you know, been friends with that band or, buddies some right. some sort of connection with them and um I wouldn't like to know how that yeah same um but yeah I think it's just a again really great and it, it's it's I think what I liked about it is was that it's noticeable with the film mm-hmm. it's not so much an underlying backtrack where sometimes like even even in Halloween I would say there there are obviously you know we have our Michael Myers is on screen mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. But even sometimes the music kind of gets lost in what you're watching. You know, you're kind of paying attention to the characters right, and right. the dialogue. Where in Suspiria, I felt like the music was almost like another character to mm-hmm. the characters, kind sure. of adding adding a kind of push. And I would be very interested because I have not looked into this. Maybe you know if Goblin has any connection or tie with the remake that is coming out because I have not heard anything about that. No, you know, that's a great question, and I don't, I don't know if I have either. Uh, they've just been pushing heavily on uh, Tom York. Yes, that's right. I did who see that. I think is probably the new Goblin. Okay. He's a Goblin. Right. I did see that. I did see that Tom York, and a lot of people have been praising him so far about mm-hmm. making a really good, eerie yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, and, and they, they released, I don't know if the entire soundtrack's released for that yet. They're probably saving some of it, because some of those, you know, when you put out an album like that, some of the titles of the tracks will give away what, what the scene is and whatnot. Right. So I know that they have released at least a handful of those songs and they're, and they're good. Yeah. They're different. I mean, certainly not the same sound as Goblin, but um, it's still very fun. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about the new Suspiria um, remake. I think that's going to be good. So let's listen to a little bit of Goblin. like goblin it's fun italian progressive rock yep is what they consider that yeah 
and it uh it does it i don't know i like it, it oh it, absolutely same here that's it, another one like i have a i have a a massive spotify playlist of just just all sound, types of horror or horror uh um, influenced and goblins definitely on there. Yeah. Right up there with like Tangerine Dream. And, nice, yeah. nice. Um, my next one mm-hmm. is not just a song, but an entire album here. Okay. And this one, um, this may be on yours. I don't know how you feel about this. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's not just like um, the score. It, it's, it's, it's a, you know, straight up soundtrack and it's a combination of score and rock songs. And I'm talking, of course, about the Lost Boys. Okay. <laughs> the Lost <laughs> right Boys on. album, soundtrack rather, is... I did not have that on my okay, list. Okay, well, it is so much fun. Really? And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's covers. There's like um, um, the Bunny Men's cover. They did uh, pe- The People Are Strange, which was originally by Okay, the, right. Yeah, the, um, uh, the Doors. The Doors, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, did they also do... Little sister, I can't remember of all the tracks on here, but there's a now I do know that the compose now you know all this we should also have thrown this I guess up at the sure. beginning is that a lot of the time we're talking about composers where obviously Correct. there's yeah. a lot of other people that go yeah. into these soundtracks so mm-hmm. we give you guys credit as well. Absolutely, however, we're probably going to focus on composer and with Lost Boys, the Lost Boys, Thomas Newman, Tom Newman, yeah, Thomas he, Newman who he's... did all the original score stuff, but there I think I felt like the other stuff that's also you know like in excess and. Uh, Tim Capello's I Still Believe, which is such a fun song. Um, I thought that all complemented each other really well. And this was very 80s. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thomas Newman, you know, uh, Saw Shank Redemption. Oh, yeah. Um, just a lot, you know, American Beauty, Green Mile, a yeah. lot of very big, you know, not all horror films, but definitely a... Finding Nemo, <laughs> oh, yeah. a, little, a little bit different. Yeah, than a little the, bit different. But, but Lost you know, Boys, he, he's but, got some range to him, and yeah. he doesn't. He's not stuck to one genre. He's just kind of a right Hollywood composer, right? And, uh, yeah, the Lost Boys is. I I I would have I'll, I'll have to revisit that. Please do, please yeah. do, because again, some of these songs also appear in my just year round sure. um, horror influence stuff. Well, that's great. But yeah, I think Roger Daltrey's even got a cover on there of uh, "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me." Um. So very much like um, taking kind of like a 60s, 70s vibe in the yeah. 80s. Yeah, Okay. right. And I, God, I, I can only imagine this album was probably very well received when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could imagine. They, uh, it still holds up, you know. I think it, it we, we spoke a little bit about uh, vampires and like what nuance they have. And I yeah. think that the Lost Boys really deserve a lot of credit for bringing that teenage vibe to... Uh, to the bloodsuckers. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know? So I'm going to actually play just well, maybe more like a little medley here, a little bit of Thomas Newman stuff mixed in with some uh, Tim Capello. And, okay, great. Yeah. Let's listen. Let's listen. really do love this album it's great yeah very cool I'll, yeah, like i said i'll have to listen to the whole thing yeah i like that melody though i'm gonna go so i'm, I'm gonna throw this name out here because mm-hmm. i watched nightbreed for the first time oh last man night. for wait you for the first time never seen nightbreed before what I, okay i'm gonna just tell you right now i don't know how you felt about it but i love this this movie i thought it was great yeah i was totally pleased with it yeah 
I, uh, it's really crazy. I know we yeah, talked about fun. a few episodes back. We talked about that mask. Yes. Yeah. We talked about um, the, oh man, what is his name? The, uh, the character? Yeah. The um, character's name. It's like Mr. Yeah. Um, um, for somebody who just watched the movie. Played think by, I yeah. Played yeah. by uh, David Cronenberg. Is he behind um, there? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I figured I've seen Hellraiser. Decker. Clive, it's Decker. 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 Yeah. yeah. Clive Barker's, uh, Clive Barker's Nightbreed I watched last night. And, yeah. um, Behind that soundtrack was Danny Elfman, which oh, I yeah. thought was fun, a little fun at the end when I saw the credits. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, of course, you know, because yeah. it was familiar-esque. So I just want to uh, give my wholehearted praise to Danny Elfman because oh, yeah. Yeah. As, a, as a man who dresses up as Pee Wee Herman <laughs> and walks around Chicago on almost a yearly basis for Halloween and not Halloween, yeah. <laughs> when, when it even isn't Halloween. Yeah, I, it's fun. There, you know, the Simpsons... Uh, Pretty much every Tim Burton movie that is up there uh, yeah. is Danny Elfman Tim, behind it. You know, correct. Beetle, Beetlejuice, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Batman. I mean, yeah, Batman. There's I mean, just Danny the, Elfman he, is, yeah, I mean, iconic, but I, he also started in a, one of my favorite 80s bands, Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. Yeah. You know, she blinded me with science. Yeah. Or know. Dead Man's Party. Dead which Man's is, Party. Yeah. You know, so, um, and a lot of people, I don't think, um, at least my age are hip, I guess, very much to Oingo Boingo. I don't think that they've never <laughs> heard, or, uh, not she blinds me of science, weird science. Weird science. Weird Correct. Science. It is weird science. She blinds me of science. That's Thomas, Thomas Dolby. Thomas Dolby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, weird science. Um, you know, he's very, he was very prominent in the new wave genre mm-hmm. and then some way or another, kind of a little bit like Mark Mothersboro from Devo, uh, left. Devo and became this kind of very renowned composer and film. composer, score, uh, Um, film composer. Danny Elfman did the same. And just, you know, I mean, you, uh, for a lot of people don't know that Danny Elfman is the singing voice for Jack Skellington in The Nightmare Before Before Christmas. Yep. Yep. Um, Yep. Not his talking voice, but when he sings. So, I mean, the guy. And I thought I I heard somewhere that he had to like convince, and I think he almost had to like audition for Tim Burton. I'm sure. Because, I mean, he knew that he was a talented musician, but I don't think he looked at him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if you you listen to, again, Dead Man's Party or Weird Science, Mm -hmm. you're not hearing the vocal range that Jack Skellington hits. I mean, that is operatic in a way. You know, it it is very, it's very classical. Um, But yeah, I would, my. Nightbreed, I guess, led into that, but I mean, you mm-hmm. know, there's so many, so many horror films. Mars Attacks, you know, Frankenweenie, <laughs> Frankenweenie, uh, yeah, uh, Sleepy Hollow. You know, again, like we talked about, there's almost Sleepy Hollow look, is an excellent score too. Excellent yeah. score, excellent score, and also a Tim Burton film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm my um, kind of high up on my list, very high, if not my number one, would be Danny Elfman. Yeah, just I, as a that makes sense as a composer. Not not exactly the scariest of films if you will. But no, but Nightbreed has this amazing world that you're brought into. You're pulled very, into it, pulled down into it. Rather. Yeah, seriously. And the, <laughs> the, the score definitely like is very present. Uh, I wonder if there's going to be any influence there. You know, they're making that into a TV show. I didn't. Yeah. And I'm oh, wondering man. if they'll have any Danny Elfman. Is that going to suck? I don't know. I don't no, know. I hope not. I mean, I don't want it to suck, obviously, but I want it to be something that's as, you know, fantastic as the film. I guess when I say suck, I mean full of CGI. Oh that's, yeah, that's, hard that's pretty much. No, what I mean. you know what though? This, I mean, if you look at that original, it relied heavily like on prosthetics and and, exactly. and I wouldn't like to believe they'll they stay true stick, to that. Stick yeah, with it. I hope so. I hope so. Well, that's interesting. We'll have to keep an eye out for that. Also, mm-hmm. um, if you guys have any way of watching Nightbreed, be like me and do it because it is full of ghouls and yeah, yeah, fun, fun, 
fun. It's very slapsticky and just yeah. che- cheesy horror, you know. But it's got some. It's got some gore. It certainly definitely, does. Definitely, definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, especially I don't want people to see the TV show before they see. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's true. I, I, uh, they also have a uh, making of Nightbreed, but we don't got to talk about that right now. But it was a very oh, interesting. interesting. It was very yeah. Interesting. Well, a couple of years ago they released a um, director's cut, okay. so I wonder if that was part of that. Oh, sorry, this just made me think of some. Mm-hmm. Did you know that they're releasing Dead Alive on Blu-ray? I did not know that they are. That is a long time coming. Everybody is like ditching their DVDs at the. Uh, you know, like the resale shops. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell are I like? I never see Dead Alive on DVD. Yeah. And then the lady told me that. that makes re- yeah. Sorry. A lot of I sense. Saw, no, I saw that's, that. that's I know, good news. Just because we're, we spoke of Peter Jackson. That's before. very good news. I'm very excited. I didn't <laughs> know that. Sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, wait. Do we, oh, let's, let's listen, listen to Danny Elfman. Let's listen to Danny right, Elfman. Um, let's listen to, oh man. Maybe we should just listen a little bit of Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. I feel like that's a good Halloween. It's a good place to start for Halloween. is fun that's mm-hmm. one of those that's one of those i get excited about um very little get me excited about leaving halloween and going into christmas but that bridge between oh yeah halloween and christmas that that uh the nightmare before christmas man yeah it, it did it you know mm-hmm. a lot of people talk about that film about like why that why we don't have the nightmare before easter and right, things like that right and i don't know but listening to to um danny elfman makes me think of that mm-hmm. um okay my next one yeah was um something that I recently rewatched and um man I was amazed and and I am a huge like just synth fan I love synth music okay um eighties <laughs> synth you yeah know, like that course. sound is so much fun and I don't know I mean just think that's connection between my love of that and like old VHS films and uh, this um next score was John Carpenter and Alan uh. Howarth, I believe is how it's pronounced. And I'm talking about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Oh, okay. Yes. And this is one of those ones that you don't really, um, you know, I, I mean, again, I was talking about Spotify earlier and mm-hmm. how much good, like, horror music is on there. Yeah. It's hard to find um, Season of the Witch stuff. And yeah. And I don't know why that is. The other, I mean, all of almost all of John Carpenter's work is on Spotify in his anthologies and... Um, is like best ofs. Yeah. And but not season of the witch. Right. I, I couldn't find it when I was doing some research and re-listening to stuff. And I went to YouTube and someone put up the like the entire it's like over an hour, obviously, of just music from Season of the Witch. Right it is so good. All and right. it's spooky. It's yeah. like, you know, sometimes the synthesizer seems kind of corny. Yeah. This they they really did this right with the spookiness of this. And um yeah. I think it's best to just like listen to how, you know, cause a lot of stuff before that Carpenter feels very like piano sure. um, driven, but this was definitely synth heavy. Interesting. So I'm going to play some, a little bit of uh, uh, season of the witch here. Let's take a listen. Mm-hmm. 
know, I think the older that I'm getting, or at least this year, I will call it my epiphany year, if mm-hmm. you will, I don't get the hate towards Season of the Witch. I really don't. You know, I was uh, thinking about that also. And I, I, think, I think people... I think we're waking up a little bit. Yeah, today. and I think people were clearly lying to themselves about... Because like, this is a fun, bizarre it's movie. It's a great film. And I think people are just bitter because, you know, Michael Myers isn't in it. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like what we... I believe we did talk about this. You know, we talked about the ideas that Carpenter maybe have shelved. Yeah. Um, but I rewatched... Um, the franchise. Yeah, previous to Halloween, and when I got to four and five, I was just like, what? "This is such a pile of shit." Yeah, like the mask <laughs> looks so bad. Yeah, the mask is really what turned me off. Mm-hmm. It just looked like they like r- like didn't have time to figure right. out like where they placed the old, <laughs> the mask. original. Yeah, I agree. It just went out. I and agree, like, and it really pulls you out of it. Just, yeah, because it really he just makes you feel look this. He doesn't look like Michael you're Myers. You're not looking at Michael so, Myers. So then I'm like, people were happy he was back by the fourth one, but <sighs> hate Season of the Witch. Like yeah. Season of the Witch, at least was like an origin. You know, back to this kind of right. You know, right. like we've talked about his. And and four, five, and six just get really, really weird. It's weird. Just, just you know, like. Adding in like well, six psychic. Is, what and, six is uh, the curse, isn't it? Isn't six the curse of Michael Myers? Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's when they right because four, four and five is the little girl. And yeah, Danielle. Um, isn't six the curse? I don't know. Maybe we should fact check me real quick. Yeah, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, nineteen ninety five. That was the sixth one, right? Which was yeah, of the Paul Rudd. That's like Paul Rudd's first yeah. film. Yeah. Um, yeah, he pulled a pulled a uh, <laughs> Johnny Depp. Yeah, starring in a horror yeah. film. That's well, the way that's to do it. that's uh, that would be another fun topic because oh, there's a lot of there's a lot um, a list actors um, in Dream Warriors, Nightmare on Elm Street was. Uh, um, well, this could also be uh, me fabricating things, but uh, I believe it's Arquette, uh, um, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. I believe that You're was right. her first film. You're right. It she was. Gets, I think she gets eight. She Michael Myers. Where Michael Myers? When Freddy's Freddy jaw opens up real big and he turns into yeah, he like he like a snake swallowing her. Yeah, I think that's her, and that was her first uh, on screen appearance. Yeah, there are, no, there's a lot. I think yeah. Brad Pitt had a few of his first projects for uh, horror. A, we'll, we'll pocket that. Yeah, one. we'll pocket that. Pocket All right, it, so table yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so who who did that with John Carpenter? Um, his name was Alan. Um, and I'm probably saying this wrong. Um, That's all right. We're gonna do that. Howarth. Howarth. H O W A R T H. And I believe he collaborated with John Carpenter on a few things. I think they did the thing together with um, Neil Morricone. Well, there we go. So there's a great segue yeah. into what I'm going to talk oh. about because I'm going to talk about Neil Morricone. Um, uh, Morricone. Is how I said it. Am I that it's, right? I believe it's Morricone. Morricone? Okay. Yeah. So I went to see Giorgio Mordor. Mm-hmm. He came to Chicago. He is a famous composer known for, he did um, Top Gun. He did Flashdance. Oh, Those wow. were like his big, like he pretty much, um, like uh, almost a lot of that disco sound that like Donna Summer used yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. Um, Hot Stuff and things like that. That's all him. Wow. Um he came to Chicago, uh, maybe like August, August, September. Okay. Um, it was great. They call him the father of disco. You know, <laughs> he's 78 years old wow. and he's still up there and he, it was great. We had a great time, but, um, the band who opened up for him was a cover band called Marconi. 
mm-hmm. and that was just their last name. So behind them, they were taking um, the music from those films, having the films play behind them, That's fine. and then doing little bitty bits of mm-hmm. each of the films because uh, Marconi, right? Marconi? Yeah, Marconi. Okay. He, uh, he, he's known for a lot of um, Westerns. Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah, a yeah. lot of Westerns. Yep. Um, however, though, he nails it with The Thing. Yes. The Thing was the is the next on my list. Um, a movie that I don't know if we've talked about We haven't. Frequently, well, I don't believe we have. But we should because... Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's so good. And, and it, it just stays good. Yes. And when it opened, it was not well-received. Which is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And it took years later for it to kind of establish that cult status. Oh, man. It is just fantastic yeah just seriously really good um yeah and neil marconi is one of my like favorites if you if you just look at his body of work in the films and he you know he was known for spaghetti westerns right yeah but he you know then went on to do um so many different styles right and, uh he he uh he even just read he just worked with um tarantino on um is it the hateful eight? Well, I believe it was the hateful. Eight. I know he did mm-hmm. help out with uh, Django. He did help with Django, but I, I was trying to think who won for um, the hateful eight because that was. Um, hold on, let me do some cheating here. Please, please do. Um, because that uh, that actor or that actor, that composer won an Oscar. For yeah, the hateful eight. But um, it's crazy to believe that. Um, you know yeah, that it was him. It was him that he's also on the thing soundtrack. Yeah, score. Yeah, he um, he definitely. You know, he. I mean, how old is he? Eighty nine. Yeah, eighty nine years old. And I don't know how long it's been since he won an Oscar. If that was his first Oscar, or I don't what, believe like, it was his first. No, let's see here. But, he um, got, He received an Oscar in seven. He received a nomination for Days of Heaven in seventy nine. Hmm. And then let's see, he received Oscar nominations for The Untouchables, Bugsy, and then The Hateful Eight. And he won his, he did, he won his first Oscar for The Hateful Eight that in 2016. makes sense now, because I feel like I, I remember seeing... It was a big deal. I, very, I was very much... You know, yeah. yeah. I was rooting for him, and I'm happy that he got it, especially. I mean, he whatever, two years ago, so he was... 87 still, right. you know, yeah. 87 years. And, it's very impressive to be yeah. winning Oscars. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Think about how long he's been in the business. To stay so relevant. I mean, and the guy... like, well, award shows give a shit. But, right, you know. right. But yeah. Uh, yeah, his influence and collaboration on the thing is... I mean, that was one of those scores that I, I didn't add to my list, wanted to, but it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely up there. It's fantastic. It really is. All right, so I've spoken enough. What do you got? No, let's listen to some of that. Okay, yeah, Yeah. right. I forgot about that part. That's okay. Let's listen to a little bit of the thing. Was Alan Howarth also working with Neil Marconi and, and John Carpenter on that? I'm, I'm so for um, for the thing for the thing. Yeah, I feel like let me see. I feel like I did hear that, but um, 
kind of curious, like, yeah. who did what on that um, score? It was so good. It's great. My next one, and I have so many ones that I could just mention after this. Like, these almost made my list. But um, my, my next, my final one, I suppose, is sure. um, the original soundtrack to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. Scored by um, Charles Bernstein. And this one is, I mean... You know, a lot of people think they can recall, like when you know when you think of Friday the Thirteenth, it comes into your head. You think of Halloween. It's really interesting that when you try to think of the Nightmare on Elm Street song, it doesn't necessarily jump in your head. The sure. first thing that jumps in your head is that one, two, yeah. Freddy's coming for you. But when you hear this song, you're like, oh yeah, this is it. It's really, really pretty, yet very haunting, and then. The rest of the um, album kind of feels a little cheesy, a little 80s cheese, sure. like more like an action film. But yeah. when you just listen to all of this as a whole or just even go back and rewatch A Nightmare on Elm Street, paying more attention to the, the music underneath it, it was still very effective. And I, I, I love it. I mean, that's another one like I kind of feel like I, I don't listen to enough, but certainly will now. Would you say it's very Wes, if you will, Wes Craven esque? That's um, that's interesting because uh, I, you know, when you think of Wes Craven, you don't necessarily think of. Well, I don't think of the, the his music. Not certainly not as much as John Carpenter, who actually yeah. does a lot of his own. But um, when you listen to at least that title track, I would mm-hmm. say yes. Um, and that made me think I want to go back and re-listen to the whole scream. I was just about to say, you know, I, I just, I, so on, I, I still rock my old iPod, you know, nice. I still got my 160 gig, you know still what I'm works. saying? Still works. Still wow. works. I got a couple of them. Those are my babies. You know, I take care of them <laughs> when I, when I DJ and whatnot, but the, uh, the, the scream, the scream theme, mm-hmm. you know, if you will, the title track is, is interesting. Yeah. It's very like, um, they do like these, like, and it's like behind it and then mm-hmm. like there's like these like banging of chains and Which it's that very, doesn't feel it's like very it fits. industry like yeah. if you you know the industry genre you know right like that. yeah like it's like it's very much like that like very um industrial yeah yeah yes, very yeah. industrial that makes and, and it's uh it's interesting and when you rewatch scream it is um immediately right at the beginning right after drew barrymore dies and they're at the high school it's playing right there in the background, and it, it it is so noticeable to me now. Yeah, rewatching the film because it's on my iPod no, and I not, listen to it. But now that you bring that up, and we have linked Scream and A Nightmare on Elm Street together, not just because of Wes, but the music here. Yeah. That looking back on the original Nightmare on Elm Street soundtrack, yeah, some of it is well. That's why industrial. I asked you're right. If you, you right. connected those two, because now I, I am. Yeah, yeah, and I I did as well because when I would listen to the Nightmare on Elm Street one, um. I don't know. I, I don't know why this image. I just always picture Freddy with his arms all stretched oh, out, yeah. scratching, scratching the sides of the, sides of the oh, alley. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just always hear like that mixture of, I'm just like, oh, it seems, that's, I wonder if this is like a Wes Craven thing. Like if he like that's true. That's, talks with them and is like, I want it to sound like, you well, know what at, I mean? at least with a nightmare on Elm Street, you can kind of associate Freddy, like with that scene you just mentioned and like being burned, like almost like in a factory sure, type. Sure. Um, setting i mean it definitely feels more appropriate for that than scream which was mostly you know, more of like a uh, yeah just a teen yeah trope. that's interesting yeah, full of tropes well let's listen to a little of the um the yeah. main score um the main theme song from a nightmare on Elm street
just to go back and answer your question before we jumped into the uh, back to oh, to uh, talk Mar- about the- Mar- Marcon. Yeah. Um, according to Wikipedia, he wrote complete separate or orchestral and synthesizer scores and a combined score um, to Carpenter's preference. He picked pieces from it, then um, worked with Alan Howarth yeah. separately okay. developing synth-styled pieces also used in the film. Wow. I mean, so, I mean, just look how much went into it. And then Marcone said in 2012, when he was preparing the music, he said, why did he even call me if he was just going to do it on his own? <laughs> it kind of feels like a dick move. Like you went to one of the, the masters and then you're like, but uh, I'm a master also. And then you sort of just. <laughs> right. And in, in that same, in that same interview though, uh, he said that Carpenter did reach out and he said, because I was married to your music and that's why I called you. Interesting. So I, so he obviously okay. was aware of his, you know, maybe even his, I'm sure some of his Westerns. Oh or whatnot, yeah. And, Oh, well, but the, I mean, I would almost guarantee that because John Carpenter is a huge Western fan. And then in fact, that's what, what he wanted to do when he came to Hollywood, he wanted to work in the Western Interesting. genre. I had no idea. Yeah, and then just sort of worked into you horror know, somehow one yeah, way or another. Got into, uh, got into the whole horror game and, uh, never looked back, but it, you know, some of his films feel like modern day Westerns. Or, yeah. And, um, and then just to flip flop right back to Nightmare on Elm Street, who was, um, who is that composer that we just listened to? Um, that was Charles Bernstein. Okay. Um, you know, I think Charles Bernstein is one of those guys that, um, has been, um, what am I trying to say? He's been sort of like involved in a lot of things that you just may not have, uh, yeah, no, that's what I was just about to say. I'm not sure if I, um, um, I don't know if I'm I'm hip to any other other things he did. Let's see. Um, it says here that he's worked on Cujo. There's a nice little horror film. Yeah, well, I think one of his first projects. Now that I'm looking at it, was a very awesome um, action film with Burt Reynolds called White Lightning. Okay. Which um, which is a great film if you haven't seen it. Um, no, I don't think I have. But yeah, he yeah he worked on Cujo, April Fool's Day, Deadly Friend, which I think Deadly Friend was another Wes Craven film. So if I had connected dots here, I think that they probably worked well together and sure. did a Nightmare on Elm Street after or around the same time. Um, but yeah, yeah, like one of those guys that doesn't necessarily like come to mind necessarily as like a household name with with like you know like like here Ennio Morricone's or John Carpenter's as far as like film composers go, but has certainly worked on a hand, uh, a handful of like either cult classics or, you know, a couple classics. Right. Yeah. The, um, it says Marco Beltrami, Belt, Beltrami. Again, we're butchering some of these names. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, he, he was the composer on all four of the Scream films. Ooh. Interesting. And uh, as well as Resident Evil, The Faculty, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, and The Woman in Black. So he's obviously kind of, in that yeah. horror realm. Um, he also did Hellboy and Logan, the Wolverine. The, the Wolverine. Updated, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's only 52. So how about that? How do you like that? How do you like them apples? Um, here's something I'm noticing that uh, Charles Bernstein worked on. this. One of those um, 90s horror films that if you haven't seen Rumpelstiltskin... I haven't. Oh my God. What is that? It's one of those just, are you familiar with the podcast? How did this get made? If they haven't done this film, they should, but it's 1995. 
fantasy horror comedy, Rumpelstiltskin. Like, and uh, the music is by Charles Bernstein. So his, his body of work is a little all over the place. Okay. But there is this amazing, if I'm thinking of the right, <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. This is like, like nine, nine, you know, 95, you said? Yeah. Okay. Is, you know, the classic fairy tale about, you know, kind of like a, I'm going to call him a baby snatcher or he tricks people into giving, you know, so the, the horror yeah. film is about Rumpelstiltskin, you know, stealing this baby. But I believe, <laughs> I believe he's riding around on a motorcycle in this movie. Very weird. Okay. Not the greatest um, <laughs> makeup or, you know, prosthetics. I just looked up a picture you of see, it. Look at the picture. Oh, man. Uh, Fantasy horror comedy. But listen to this. Listen to this tagline here. When the fairy tale ends, the nightmare begins. Of course. Of course So it does. maybe we'll do another episode of just where you look at some of like so bad they're kind of fun yeah. films. And Leprechaun. this is definitely one of those. Yeah. Rumpelstiltskin feels like it may have been you know, influenced by the success of a leprechaun yeah. franchise. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh boy. But, um, interesting. <laughs> I've never seen this yeah. before. This is bizarre. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, I know if, if, if you can't get your hands on the movie, definitely go to YouTube. There are some very amazing, uh, clips from the movie on there. That'll, uh, that'll, yeah. <laughs> sort of, All right. Okay. I will. Sort of make you laugh. All right. I um, think so you did your, uh, you're done. Those are my top five. Okay. Yeah. So this is my fifth then. That we're, I'm this about will to be throw your on. fifth, I believe. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to throw this out there. And Please again, do. we're um, some honorable mentions. I love the music, the ambiance and music that Tobe Hooper added to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one that I listen to awful Austin, uh, off, bleh, often. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I also said the Tales from the Crypt, which Danny Elfman also did. Oh, yeah. He definitely did. And that, that song that's, that's is fun. one of my favorites. Yeah, it's good. It's and good. one of the greatest intro sequences to a television show ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I forgot to say that when we were on my, when I was, you know, fanboying yeah, over Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman, yeah. Um, but my last one, which is a bit of a stretch, but it definitely is in the Halloween realm for sure, is uh, Richard O'Brien's... Um, Theatrical production as well as film, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, sure. Which is um, from the mid 70s. Um, O'Brien wrote the screenplay, he wrote the lyrics, he wrote the book and the music. He, wow. He, Jack of all trades he right there. He made a top notch, which, you know, especially now, I think it's definitely got its. <clears throat> It's notoriety, but I'm not, you know, I'm pretty sure it was super strange and not very popular back in the 70s. Right. Um, and then kind of started gaining these midnight showings and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but he just did the ultimate parody tribute to science fiction and horror B-movies. Mm-hmm. And he was able to, I mean, um, the song that I would like to uh, play just a bit for you all is the opening track to the stage production as well as the film which is called a science fiction double feature which just is um him taking classic horror films uh and referencing them talking about things from you know um king kong and you know there's just it's everything it's just a bit of a little bit of horror just mixed in kind of get you ready for this insane time that's great i haven't heard most of this stuff in a long time. Yeah. So let's listen. Okay. Science fiction. Double feature. Dr. X. 
my uh, my list of honorable mentions. You know, there's there are so many amazing choices I, I could have gone with, like anywhere, like Rosemary's. Baby, The yes, Exorcist, yes. Oh, uh, I The Omen, Baby. That is Psycho. such a good soundtrack no, as well. No, these are all amazing. I, I think I, I sort of just gravitated towards my love of the 80s as I do. Yeah. But some of my other honorable mentions are also from the 80s, like um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space has a very fun it soundtrack. Does. It very does. fun. It does. Chopping Mall has- I have a, never oh, seen Chopping Mall. Oh, Chopping and, Mall is- oh, very fun, yeah, yeah. About these security robots. Yeah, we've talked. We've talked yeah. about it, and I've I've looked into it, but I just don't. Uh, I don't know where to find it. Yeah, it's that's hard. on on. I believe it's on Shutter still, okay. and if not Shutter, it's I believe it's on Amazon Prime. But you might have to rent it. Okay, Amazon Prime just put a ton of awesome. Um, yeah, some beef, a lot of beef yeah. films on there, and yeah. a lot of good horror stuff. Yeah, that, that is part of Prime. It is free. Yes, if, if you have like the Amazon Sleepaway Prime. Camp movies. Yeah. Uh, Night of the Comet, which I just heard that they're remaking, which is crazy. But um, yeah, a lot of my stuff was very synth heavy. But even people who don't like horror have to right. admit that the music so influential. I mean, Jaws, which is something we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about it, but I mean, one come of the most on. iconic come songs, yeah. not even horror. Psycho. Songs. Yeah. Psycho, again, makes yeah. me think of Jaws. It's just that it's that nonstop, like, here it comes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Just, you know. Incredibly intense and and um, moving. I, I wonder you might have a little insight on this, or maybe not. But the uh, the use of string violin and like that. Um, re, 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 mm-hmm. re. Did mm-hmm. Hitchcock start that? Because um, it seems like I hear it so much more now that I'm like aware of it. You know, I I would say that he may have made it popular. I don't know if he certainly like yeah, introduced we, we, it because I would say that horror music came out of the silent films. Of course. That's you what needed, I was yeah, yeah. You needed to, to show these, these, um, these films that were obviously silent, but you needed to have like a live orchestra there. See, I was under the impression that they would just have like an old lady on the piano. Not always. Yeah. Not okay, always. Okay. Sometimes there was a small like uh, See, orchestra. See, that's great. Yeah. So I wonder mm-hmm. if that kind and, of... And you know, orchestras are, you know, very string heavy. Yeah. So I would say that he was probably influenced by the earlier works. It's so cool. Yeah. It's very interesting. I'd love to even just like watch that or read more about those kind of things. Yeah. Just like what, where, where Hitchcock came up with, uh, or, you know, I don't even know. I guess I could look that up real quick. What, uh, what, who composed, uh, Psycho. Who because. composed Psycho? Yeah, that's. A, I'm sure it's somebody that they were like, oh yeah, and he won an Oscar for it. <laughs> we don't know off the top of our heads because I'm too busy watching movies Bern- about killer robots. Bernard Herman. Okay, so he passed away in 75 at the age of 64, so that he's been gone for a minute. But you could look at his probably career, his life and career, yeah. and say that he was around during a lot of those. Um, Wrote the film score for Citizen Kane. There you go. Look at that shit. Yeah. And then um, he did uh, a number of Harry. He did seven Hitchcock films: The Trouble with Harry um, in '55, all the way to Marine in '64, including Vertigo, North by Northwest, The Birds, and oh, he's a sound consultant on The Birds, and then Psycho. <laughs> so I mean, the guy, you know, again, somebody's name that we should know, right? That I just had to look up. Yeah, you know, there's I mean, a lot. There's a lot of those that we need to learn more well, about, which is why we kind of wanted to do this episode. You know, yes. I, it was a little quick, but a little fun, hopefully for you listeners out there. But you know, these are people that if you are a fan of horror films, then you're probably wondering like, yeah, why don't I have a Spotify playlist with some of this right. stuff? Because it's uh 
Most of it is instrumental. And in fact, I, um, a few years ago, started a a small vinyl collection. Mm -hmm. And most of the stuff that I buy is, you know, more cinematic than like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. sure. You can get Huey Lewis in the news, which sounds awesome. And if you're a fan of um, American Psycho (laughs) that you would get that joke, but, um, that most of my stuff is, you know, film scores because you can just put that on and like you're, you, you already have the images like in your head. Yeah. And what we'll also do with uh, some of stuff, some of the stuff we mentioned today is link to it and on our, on our Facebook page. Yes. If you can't find something, we'll put some, you know, especially goblin. Yeah. Now, if you haven't yeah. heard goblin. Oh, pet cemetery too. Great. Pet sound, cemetery great great. Sound, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing is you know, some of the worst horror films have some of the best yeah. soundtracks or they're, scores. They're, this is, I, again, we don't, uh, we're not sponsored. And I'm not saying Pet Cemetery is a bad movie by no, any means. I'm sorry. No. I, just, <laughs> I just put that together. You I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying even the worst horror films I am part of the still Fred have. fan club. <laughs> I, am a Herm, I have a Herman. Oh, Oscar. I love that, man. Yeah, me too. Um, down the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't do it, Lewis. <laughs> you might want to go down the other road. Yeah, don't do it, Lewis. Uh, <laughs> John Lithgow's replacing him. You know that, right? I did yeah. know that. Yeah. And, you know, when I first heard it, I thought, you know what? Yes. Because yeah. you couldn't replace um, Fred Gwynn's character with any other character actor that um, didn't have a body of work like John Lithgow. Yeah. John Lithgow has done it all. Yeah, definitely. Comedy, uh, horror. Yeah. Footloose. <laughs> Footloose. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sorry. I cut you off because I didn't want people to think I thought Pet Cemetery. No. I love Pet Cemetery, and I'm excited I, about the remake, even though I'll see how. Well, I, we don't know what. It'll yeah, be like. we don't know what's going to happen. I, I was going to say though that we're not sponsored by anyone, but however, there is a company called Mondo. Oh, M- Mondo's M- fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just do um, a lot of really beautiful art, artsy, very minim- mm-hmm. sometimes they're minimalist art, and it's just like, right. It's just, but what it is is it's just a soundtrack to a lot of these kind of. Like Pet Cemetery, they have one for that, and right. it's just got really great album art, and it's kind of got little fun things inside. Yeah. And really, just very check Mondo out because they've yeah. got. I mean, you could spend hours on their website looking at their artwork and, and, and spending I hundreds, think, yes, <laughs> spending a lot of money. And I think they just did something for the new Halloween film. Yes, yeah, um, yeah maybe they, maybe a vinyl cover. I don't yeah. know, but they do a lot of uh, a lot of good horror, a lot of good horror soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. That's what made me. They made me, absolutely. You, when That's you spoke, a great. When you spoke about them. They made me think of them again. Great not not sponsored by them, but they're great, and we love you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not sponsored. By, we're just gonna yeah. drive in the fact that we're not sponsored by anybody. Anybody. But if you want to, yeah, we're, we're just, open we're to just big fanboys, as the you big can tell. Fanboys. Yeah. I mean, we're fan men. You could sponsor us with a couple of sweatshirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you could give us, we free like shit. stuff. <laughs> yeah, and. What were you talking about before we started about, you know, Zach's really into some Funko dolls. Oh yeah. Funko pops. Funko I'm a pops. big, I'm a big Funko dolls. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm just learning. How dare you? I'm learning. <laughs> They're not dolls. They're You're not like, dolls. You sound like everyone else in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't say you play with dolls or anything. You, cl- you have an amazing collection yeah, of I Funko put them on pops. a shelf and look at them. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I like stuff too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm a big Funko guy. You're a big, big Funko, Funko guy. guy. If you want to s- submit your Funko horror, uh, if you got any horror icons, post uh, them on the Monster uh, Pulse I page. certainly want to see a collection of your horror collection. There's a lot. A yeah. collection of your I'll horror collection. You. Yeah, I'll show you. All right. Well, um, right. yeah, it's getting noisy around here. I think it's a good time to yeah, wrap it up. Things. Uh, happy November. Yeah, everybody. happy November, everybody. And we will, uh, like we uh, said before, and we'll say it again, we, uh, we're we not done. No. We're going uh, to be pumping out the Monster Pulses yeah. uh, throughout the year. 
we're uh, just scratching the surface here. Really. We are. We are. We got some fun topics for y'all, and we appreciate you listening. Over and out. Bye.